Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. How many, uh, I know there's some high school students here, how many are like are so happy, or even college students, that summer's here? Anybody's really thrilled that summer's here? Yes, we got a hand over there. Any other hands? Yes, some other hands. That's awesome. Uh, any parents are happy that, oh, uh, yes, okay, we got some, whoa, a lot of excitement there. Uh, that's, that's cool. I just, I have this image in my mind of like a seven-year-old leaving the playground for the last time of their school, just running out, screaming like, it's summer, it's summer. Like I can just, that, that's the picture I have in my mind. I don't know if I ever did that, uh, but I think that was a feeling in my heart on a last exam in, in high school or college and something like that. And, and so it's, a, and what, what, but also that what that image puts in my mind is a little bit of chaos. Like what's summer going to look like? Like there's no schedule. There's what's happening. And like, what are, and if you're a parent, what are my kids going to do? Or if you're not a parent or you're not married or whatever, it's like, oh, are we going to hit some terraces and some festivals and, and stuff? And so people kind of like get a little frantic, uh, in a way when we hit the summer because we want to do so many things. And uh, what I want to do today, just as one-time message, is really commission us, commission us to summer and equip us for summer in a way that our summer could be purposeful and meaningful. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And uh, this, right here in this text in Mark, Jesus is in, a, is in a discussion with religious leaders. They're asking him various topics like marriage at the resurrection and other things like that. And they're trying to kind of ask him a few things and maybe even stump him in a few ways. And, um, and so that, that leads, him, leads to this conversation we're going to read here at, in verse 28, where one of the teachers of the law comes and then hears this, this, this debate and then comes to Jesus with another question. So... If you got your Bibles or follow with me on the screen, we're going to read from verse 28, Mark chapter 12. And, and here's, what, here's what the Gospels tell us. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him this. Well, Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important, Jesus answered, is this. And he quotes an Old Testament text. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is important, is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions, at least not in that moment, because Jesus got a ton of questions in the gospel accounts. Let's just pray before um, we lean into this text. And I just, I just want to pray for Mary and G-Day who are here today. They're moving to, to Ontario. Um, 
sorry guys, we really love Quebec, but just, but we're, we're, we're grateful. They, they've been with us for three months. They started serving, like praying with us and serving in uh, our welcome team and making coffee. And um, it's been wonderful for them to be with us, but they're, they're moving and um, for work and other purposes. We just want to pray for them as well as they, um, as they head out. Lord, um, yeah, we thank you for people at times that join our community for a season and then move on. And that, uh, that happens uh, in our world, in our context, in a mobile world. And we pray for Gide and Mary today as they head out to Ontario and as they step into this new season of their life, we pray that you would equip them and commission them and help them to be a blessing in that area. And we pray for anybody else who's in that situation today um, who's just thinking about a new move or a new season, uh, Lord, that, that you would be uh, leading and guiding God in Christ's name. And God, as we lean, lean into this scripture today, God, would you open our hearts and our minds uh, in such a way that would make the next two months uh, even more meaningful and impacting and personal and purposeful, God, um, in a way that would honor you and us and others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So this is a pretty important text. In, enough so that the translators, uh, at least for the English uh, Bibles that we have, often put like a title in front of this text in Mark and also in Matthew and also in Luke. It's on, in all three Gospels. And the title is The Greatest Commandment. And so they title that, obviously, for the conversation is, that's there. Now, in Mark's version that we read, the question is, which commandment is first of all? In Matthew, the question is kind of written differently. Which is the greatest of the commandments? And when you read that, it's really... It, kind of forces us to think, well, there's something happening here that's forcing like this, this question around like a matter of priority. Like what's priority here? What's really, really important here? What's, what's essential here? My wife and I had gone through several renovations this last winter and we had to clear our top floor and we moved everything into our garage and rented a pod, those square boxes, and it was on our driveway for three months. And we, we literally moved our, like everything into that pod and into our garage and there's still remnants in our garage two, three months later. Please pray for us. Uh, we have no idea what to do with some of the boxes. We've never, we haven't used them yet, so maybe we should just throw them out. We'll see. But we, we packed everything there, and, and we had to store so many items that we had to decide, like, what's a matter of priority here? Like, what are we going to need for the next three months that we can't have in a pot in our, in our driveway or can't be stuffed in a box somewhere where we're never going to find it? So one of the most important items was microwavable popcorn. We made sure we knew where that box was. That was very, very important. Um, but another, you know, another important item was like our passports. You know, if we have to go out or do something or, you know, leave the country, like we better know what the passports are. They shouldn't be on a, like the, the box on the bottom with four boxes on top without being labeled. So we, we prioritized some things. We said these like are a matter of priority. And this is what this Jewish teacher is asking Jesus. He is saying like, hey, Jesus, with everything that, that we know about the Jewish law, with the Ten Commandments and the 613 prohibitions and the five books of the Torah, with everything that's in there, Jesus, what really matters? What really matters? And now this could be a trick question, you know, kind of saying like, well, what's Jesus going to leave out? You know, and then they might critique him for it. Could be a very sincere question. Hey, just tell me what to do, Jesus, and I'll do it. Like, if you just, just give me clarity here, and then I'll do it. It could be a question like that. But regardless of, of the level of sincerity, the, the motivation in there, it's a question that really pushes clarity. What really matters? 
And it's a good question, right? It's a question, in fact, we should ask more often of various parts of our lives, in our relationships, in the stuff that we buy, in the stuff that we store, uh, in how we use our time. It's a really important question. And I want to propose to you this morning that we ask this question about summer, that we have summer before us, and that we ask this question, what really matters? There's about 100 days in summer from the first day of summer to the end. And um, in fact, though, just heads up, I'm so sorry, but there's only 70 days left from today till Labor Day. <laughs> only 70. <laughs> you got 70 days um, to, you know, to be purposeful. But, but, and, and here's the thing, that by the time you, we end up at Labor Day, but it's, and, and, and I'm sorry, college students, that's maybe August 20th for you, and uh, high school students, that's August 28th or something for you. But, so, like, we're decreasing now in, like, time. But, but w- here's the point, right? How would you evaluate your summer when you get there? How would you evaluate your summer by the time Labor Day comes? Be good, would be bad, would be meaningful, purposeful, uh, refreshing, fulfilling? So what if we applied this this clarifying question that Jesus was asked and take what he responded with and apply it to summer. And this might sound cliche, but it actually leads us towards a summer of love. I don't mean you're going to find somebody this summer or, you know, if you're looking for someone or romance this summer, but a summer of love in the full sense of the word. Jesus responds to this question about law with love. Because in the Jewish heart, it's like, what fulfills the law? How can I fulfill the law? The fulfillment of law, Jesus says, is love. The fulfillment of law is love. And he pulls these two priorities from the Torah in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And so I want to give you three circles to imagine over the summer. And the first circle, as we listen to Jesus' words, as we prioritize things in our summer, is a circle that I'll just fill in saying loving God. The circle of loving God. Now, there's four aspects that Jesus brings that he quotes from the Torah. Four aspects of loving God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, or our intelligence is another way of, this, of, of, of uh, translating that word, with our strength. And in fact, like the, the, real, the, the Greek the original Greek actually says, from all of the heart, from all of our intelligence, from all of our soul, from all of our strength or our energy. So that word all is really that we grow in a love for God or express a love for God in our feelings, but not just our feelings, in our being, our very being, in our thinking, in our doing. And so that we would know God and worship God and be present with him in such a way that we are loving him through all of our lives. Somehow, Jesus is telling us that a genuine love for God is expressed from all of what we are and that that fulfills the law. That answered the question, what is the greatest commandment? What's the most important thing that we can think about? And that truly leads to a life that reflects God's image. If we are image bearers, which the early book of Genesis tells us, and we ref- how do we reflect that image? As we love God. And this summer, this is important, because if you fill your summer with constant activity, but fail to abide in God, in Christ, if you do that, but fail to abide in God, you will miss fulfillment that your heart and soul actually longs for. You're going to miss that. 
Dallas Willard says this about discipleship, and, and it's a little bit of a wordy phrase, but he says this, we help disciples toward an assurance that the universe really is God's word, world when we advance them, disciples, toward loving God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, we help one another in our discipleship with one another as to, to advance towards really grasping that God is the God of this universe. It really is his world. We, we grow towards that when we advance in our love of God with all that we have, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so instead of me telling you more, this is, a, I said, we want to commission you today. We want to equip you today. Did you, hope you found your partner. But even if you didn't, you have time. So I want to ask you a question, and I want you to talk about this. So preferably, if you're here with your spouse, try not to answer this question with your spouse. You just kind of like, maybe the conversation will be slightly different. So here, here's this first question, and, uh, and I want you to take a, just a minute or two and answer it. Discuss what ways can you or will you love God this summer? In other words, where is there space or where can you make space to abide in him? Don't, there's no, don't worry. Like just ra random things that come to your mind. Okay, so take a minute or two and do that. I'll try and call you back. It's going to start quiet. It's going to get loud and then I'm going to have to call you back. So, so go for it and do that. Even if you have to turn around and talk to someone and it's okay. It's not an absolute thing that you can't discuss this with your, with your spouse, but ideally try and mix it up a bit. Okay, so take a minute or two and respond to that. All right, all right. Cool. See that? We start people talking and then it doesn't stop. So you can stay where you're seated. Uh, stay where you're seated. Any, any really good answers? Anybody like, oh, wow, that's like, just throw it out, scream it out. Anything? Nature. Nature? What was that? Being a good neighbor? You're cheating. That's like the next thing. <laughs> Anyways, that's good. That's good. Nature's good. One more, one more. Okay, leading someone to Jesus. 
Okay, cool. All right, good stuff. Uh, me, and, me and Aiden partnered up. That was cool. We, I had like a good teenage perspective in this. That was great. So, so here, it's just, just to get us thinking, instead of like just me or someone just saying, hey, do this, it's a way for us to say, well, if this is the call to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, what kind of practices will help us do that? And like, I need someone said nature, because I think that's, that's a helpful way to think like, oh yeah, when I'm in nature, I connect to God. And all of us are wired differently, and we maybe there's spaces or locations or practices that help us to connect to God more than other ones. Now, the so we're going to move on to the next circle, okay? Because, um, yeah, we can do a whole thing on this part, but let's go to the next circle. So, so the teacher, I think that asked Jesus the question, probably would have been content with, like, love God, you know, and stop there. Uh, he did respond later positively to both, but I think it might be stretching for the teacher of the Jewish law to reduce everything to one thing. It's like, yeah, but what about all the other things? Deuteronomy 6 which Jesus quoted is a pretty big one, the Shema of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That would be very normal for a Jew to be like, that's the one. Like, I get it. You know, that's been the big one for centuries with our people. But Jesus moves on, and he stretches it a little bit because he also says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's this next circle um, that he calls us to in fulfillment of the law, the life, the vision that God calls for us, is to love others. Jesus' response to this question, um, you know, is, is, is interesting because he doesn't just limit it. Now, Jesus could have stopped at loving God. Isn't it true we just tell people, love God and just don't worry about the rest? Sometimes you hear that phrase. And like even when we talk about worship, it's like, well, if you just, if you worship, then I'm sure everything else will fall into place. Jesus doesn't stop at... Deuteronomy 6, at the Shema of Israel. He moves beyond it. He includes something else. And I, don't, I have a sense that a Jewish teacher at the time would not have automatically seen what Jesus was doing. I think they would have you know, easily said, yeah, Deuteronomy 6 works. But then Jesus pulls Leviticus 19.18, just like out of the book of Leviticus, and brings them together. And, and, and doesn't, of course, loving God is primary, we, you know, but Jesus somehow like says, hey, these, these two work together. This is a side-by-side -side thing. Now, you know, the risk is that the, you know, the primary vocation of a Jew to love God would be maybe diminished by adding something else, but Jesus still pushes the boundary, and it's okay. He's allowed to do it. If it was me telling you, I'd be like, wait a second, Dave, maybe that's your, you know, what you want to bring in. But Jesus is doing this, and we know that Jesus is the best reflection of God. He is the ultimate image bearer of God. He is the ultimate version of the best human. He is God's Messiah. He is God's Son. He has fulfilled the Torah. And so we're like, okay, we can trust you, Jesus, when you bring in Leviticus 19.18. And I think it's important because he now gives similar attention in this conversation to that phrase from the Torah as well. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've talked about this in the past, and we will talk about it again. So I won't talk about it now. I'll let you talk about it, okay? So take, take another couple of minutes and answer this question. What ways will you love others or your neighbors this summer? Where is there space, or can you make space, not just to abide in God, but to abound in love? Okay, go for it.
Okay, here we go. How did that go? Any any interesting uh, any interesting responses? Somebody? Eight. That's awesome. Aiden said that he's gonna. He, there's some elderly people in his neighborhood. He's gonna mow their lawn. And I said, is that for pay or not? He's like, well, you know, older people they give you money and food when you mow their lawn, anyways. But I, I'm not doing it for that. He said, I'm not doing it for that reason. But somehow. So I'm like, good move. It's like fulfilling the love your neighbor and somehow, anyways. So that was good. I love that. I love that from Aiden. But he also said, don't destroy their lawn while I'm doing it. That's a good way to love their, anybody else? One more out there? Hospitality. Hospitality. That's great. So there, there's um, a family in our church. I'm not going to mention them because I didn't ask them if I can share this story. So you can, you can uh, I'll tell you who they are later. Just joking. But uh, somebody told me they're building a deck this summer, but on, in, like a deck in front of their house and with wood and stuff. And it was cool. I thought, oh, that's cool. So my automatic uh, like question is, why are you building a deck in front of your house, like adding this piece? And this person said, because we want to be more connected to our neighbors. We want to be more present outside on our street. We want to be able to say hi to people as, they, uh, as they're there. And some of our neighbors we've been getting to know, so we figure like a space with like a table and two chairs and a couple of things will give us that opportunity to be present with them in a way that maybe we haven't been able to yet. And I found out this years ago when we built the front kind of porch and uh, we got a quote to do that and the guy asked us if we were Lebanese and I said no actually we're Italian but why do you ask and he said oh Lebanese people like to sit in the front Italians like to sit in the back and I said that's not a good reputation for Italians so maybe we'll take the Lebanese Um, so anyways that was just an interesting discovery but I love what you know this family's thinking like they're literally saying how can we make space to love our neighbors, you know, because we said this a couple of years back, you know, if you, the only way or one main way to like to love your neighbors, you got to p- step back a bit and say, well, do we know our neighbors, right? You can't love a neighbor you don't know. So getting to know your neighbors is a great prerequisite for like loving your neighbors. There's someone uh, in one of our teams that told me he's part of a small group with some guys and he wanted to encourage the guys, and he put a, a reminder on his phone every morning to text one of the guys in his group just to be an encouragement to them. And I thought, that's amazing, you know? This week, um, there was um, someone in our church community, actually someone on our leadership team, Joseph's, Joe's wife, Joe Frizzle's wife, Amira, had a medical procedure, and, and uh, someone on our leadership team, we have a little text group chat and said, you know, we're, I have a reminder today that it's, it's Amira's procedure. We're praying for her. And I thought, oh, wow, they... They went that next step, you know, like I'm putting a reminder on my phone to remember that this day is when they're having this procedure. I thought that's loving others, you know, that's a way to do that. And I think there's that tangible love there. So I just encourage us as we think of the words of Jesus, as we think of what it means, like that love fulfills the law and Jesus calls us to this priority to consider what our summer can look like. In, and, and this doesn't mean to get so busy doing this that you have no time for anything else, but it's, hey, when I get to Labor Day, can I look back and say, hey, there was some pockets here where we made space to love our neighbors, to love other people. Uh, there, there's one more circle, though, and we might miss this circle in Jesus' words, and it's this idea of loving yourself. 
It's this idea of loving yourself. And this is not just a self-help principle or pulling this from psychology or anything like that. Leviticus, the quote, actually says, love your neighbor as yourself. So now it doesn't say love yourself, but it does say love your neighbor as yourself. And I think there's an assumption here that I, if I don't, like how can I truly love other people if I'm treating myself like junk? Right? There's something incongruent there. And I think there's an assumption here, even when Jesus uh, you know, quotes this and brings this into perspective, and now we have it in the Gospels and we keep reading it, the assumption is disciples of Jesus, if they know Christ and they're united with Christ and they're in Christ, well, the overflow should be they love themselves, right? Not that they love themselves more than everybody else but that they love themselves. Now, that might sound selfish. It might sound me-centered, but there's a difference between me first and me too, and not even me too. I don't know if there's a better word for that, but yeah. But I think you guys know where I'm getting at. This idea that if God, if, if, if we have experienced the love of God, I doubt that that doesn't overflow also towards us, that we understand that we're called to take care of ourselves and, and take responsibility for ourselves and, and grow our lives in such a way where, you know, um, physical health and emotional health and spiritual health and relational health is important. The love of God doesn't just call us to love others, but it overflows to us. And I think that means that, that a disciple of Jesus who has experienced the love of God, uh, I, th- I would hope, has a, has a renewed vision of what it means to also respect themselves and to care for themselves. We were on a prayer walk uh, on Friday night with a, a gang from Westside, and we started here and went to um, Centennial Park, and, and one of the people there was so awesome uh, when this person just realized, they said, wow, I, I, I rarely slow down to be in nature. And so as much as we stopped uh, like in the park and talked and shared kind of our experiences and outside of the things we were praying for, some just personal reflections came up. And this was one personal reflection. This person said, like, I never walk in nature and just walking through this park just helped me slow down and actually be more present to God. But it also did something for her. It was really awesome. In fact, her, her phone, her, 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 her watch went off. And it's a, yeah, so now we, somebody knows who that is because they were there. But her, her watch went off and said, have you just finished the workout? <laughs> and, and it was great. It was, it's, again, it was a reminder like uh, physical activity is important, you know. Are you caring for yourself? And, and this all happened in a prayer walk. This was like one of the most spiritual activities we could do. But she was reminded as well, like, hey, like, am I also growing in health, right? I thought that was great. And so he, these are these highlights. So here's a question for you. How will you also care for yourself this summer? Now, try and refrain from, I need an escape. I want to do nothing. I'm just going to sit on my couch. You know, if I could just, like, watch seven seasons of this, like, try and, ref- like, take those answers out of the equation. They're probably not going to lead to health, okay? So, so it's not about escape, but consider something that will refresh you, renew you, restore you, you know, things like that. So take a moment and ask yourself, how will you also, if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, well, how are you, yeah, how are you viewing yourself? How are you, what's going to happen there, okay? So go for it. That's the last question.
All right. It's good. So, anybody, one person, write, throw it out. What's going to renew you, refresh you, restore you? Anything? Say that again. Challenge internal negative thoughts. That's a big one. All right. Put down devices. Put down devices. Okay. The Holy Spirit just convicted all of us. Yes. Oh. Good, thank you. That's great. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And that kind of brings a whole bunch of our circles together, which is wonderful, you know? So, yeah, whatever that looks like for you, I think that's really important. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. I want to just kind of bring closure to these three circles. Think about this for a moment, you know? Um, Side by side in this statement of Jesus, this response in this dialogue, he's bringing these two key... um, you know, words, phrases, truths from the Torah together. Loving God, which is really core. Loving others, which I would say is co-core. Loving yourself, which is equally important. And to just bring them together and ask ourselves, is there patterns and practices in my life that actually fulfill this, that can help me as a means of grace allow God to work in my life so these, you know, in these practices or in these steps or in these actions or in these reflections, I am actually growing in love for God, love for others, love for, um, for myself as well. One of the obstacles uh, that I think will probably hit us is speed. We're, we're running at a very fast pace, whether it's for work or family or activities or friends or uh, goals and other things like that. I was listening to a podcast on Sabbath, and, and he was highlighting the, just the neurological part of our brain that when someone actually stops working, they get like uh, more angry and irritable before they get better. <laughs> because because as, they step in, as they step out from busy, busy, busy to I'm going to rest... Like the busy, 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 all our endorphins are running, and they're, they're kind of making us a little bit happy. And then as we, as we stop and slow down, it's like those chemicals drop, and all of a sudden we become angry people and irritable people, and the people around us don't like us. And it takes about a day or two before we can actually start resting. And so speed, the, the speed of our lives is often a, an obstacle towards this. So I just I want to encourage us to be intentional about this, because sometimes we, we, read a phrase, we read this teaching from Jesus, we're like, yes, I want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, love my neighbor as myself, also, you know, have concern for myself, but then we hit a ceiling, because there's other things going on in our lives that just, like, stop us from, 
from, from moving past that, stop us from actually fulfilling that conviction, actually experiencing that. And so I want to give you one um, just morning practice that I hope will help you just to think about this. And it's not something you have to do forever. And it doesn't, it's, it's so short that it doesn't have to replace other scripture reading or other um, spiritual practice you're involved in. But it's just this short, you know, really simple way. God, who, and you. If, you, if we wake up in the morning, like some of you or some of us, you know, have our phones close or other things like that or there's other things we think about and we automatically start the day like allowing other things to kind of infiltrate our mind. But I think this is really helpful that if we just take this morning practice, imagine at the beginning of our day, and I've put some verses there, to choose a verse over the next several weeks. And maybe you want to choose, you want to use these, or maybe there's others. You might want to choose one for the whole summer. You might want to choose these and rotate them, you know, one week, this one, one week, another one, that it becomes the lens in which you see your day. It becomes the lens in which you approach your day and approach your summer. The first thing in the morning, how am I going to abide in Christ? And to choose a scripture that will bring that into focus for you, that will, will just bring that into focus for you. And, and I would suggest you print it on a piece of paper, on a real piece of paper, <laughs> and leave it by your bedside, or leave it where you brush your teeth, leave it on your fridge, or where you make coffee, or leave it in your car, that that, 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 that verse, that, that scripture helps you then, you know, helps you grow in your love for the Lord. In that, in that moment. There's a verse I'm choosing. It's the last one Or oh, that's not up there. But mine is um, Psalm 43, verse 4 to 5. I read it uh, 3 to 4, actually. I read it uh, last week in my, in my morning reading of the Psalms, and it just jumped out at me, you know, about le- like this prayer, like, Lord, lead me to you. you know, lead me to you, to your light, to your joy, to your life. And I just thought, this is a phrase in the prayer book of the Psalms that I want to just reflect on more. And I want to just allow that to be uh, my focus. And so I encourage you to, to, first thing in the morning, God, and, and, and choose something that will be that lens for you. The next thing is who. Who, Lord, are you calling me to love today? Who are you going to put in my path? And it might be an interruption. It might be planned. Who will you put in my path? Who is already I know am I going to see today? Who can I love as my neighbor? And there's some verses there that are really helpful. Again, you can choose one of those verses as just a way to to see that. There's verses there about serving one another, caring for one another, and blessing one another, uh, transforming our minds. That's actually Romans 12, 1, not 10. How, how we can just come before the Lord, worshiping with all, all of ourselves, but then it transforms our minds so we can see people differently. And then the third thing, without a lens of selfishness, let's remove selfishness and narcissism out of the equation, but then say you. Like, what, Lord, today um, I want to engage in a way and be present to you and others and to myself in a way that I grow, that I'm nurtured, that I grow to flourish. So again, putting selfishness out of the way, that God would help you love yourself in a way that, that where you flourish, where you grow, where you're strengthened, where you're nurtured. Amen? So God, who, you. This is our commissioning uh, for the summer. I invite the team just to sing um, the, ver- the, ver- sorry, the, the chorus and bridge of that last song as a way for us to practice at least the first one. You know, God, you're before us. We want to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
Let's just take a moment. Feel free to maybe even stand with them as they do that and um, as they lead us in this way as a way for us to initially put this posture before us. Lord, we want to love you with all that we are. Let's do this together. Then I'll come and pray.
hearts long for what is priority, our hearts long for clarification, our hearts long for what is most important, for what is greatest. And God, even though at times the brokenness we will struggle with, the sin that longs to entrap us, the world and the systems and the ideas will often detour us to things that are not priority, that do not fulfill us, that do not lead to flourishing. But God, we surrender ourselves to be present to you. So God, from all of our heart and from all of our being and from all of our thinking and mind, from all of our strength and our energy, empower us by your Holy Spirit to posture our life and our practices in a way where we, through this means of grace, not, not relying on us, we can't um, manufacture an experience with you, but we can posture ourselves in a way to make space to be present to you. But we also want to respond in love to you with everything we have, God. And you call us in the same vein to love our neighbors oh God one of the beautiful things of the gospel one of the beautiful things of the, the teachings of your kingdom is that we don't merely exist for ourselves that the gospel overflows to reconcile not just us and you but, but us and others and Lord the, the call to love our neighbor is such a beautiful vital expression of your kingdom and may we live that out as well, God. And we thank you, Lord, that as we experience your love, we can also see the importance to care for ourselves, to know that we are the temple of your Holy Spirit, and that you give us the freedom and the opportunity to pursue health and wholeness towards a life of flourishing from the inside out, God. So where we are lacking in that area, God, please remind us. May we see, too, that your Holy Spirit wants to guide us to those places, Lord. So, God, we give you this summer. We give you the next couple of months. And um, help us, Lord, to curb the speed, to curb the busyness, to curb the fear of missing out, to be present with you, to be present with others to even be present with ourselves, Lord, so we can abide in you, abound with others, and really grow in an alignment with ourselves, with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. 
Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.